Hello and welcome to yet another episode of Grange TV. We have with us Mr. David Roberts, TAFE extraordinaire education mogul. Yep. Um, Mr. Robert Whitaker, thank you for coming here as always. <laughs> look at it, look at us go on a weekend, weekend special. Yeah, today's a Saturday for us. We just finished training um, and yeah, we're here. We're going to have a very special guest with us today, uh, Mr. Alistair Overeem. So yeah. for anyone that's... Super um, stoked, like been a long time fan, we both have. Mate, huge, huge fan. I think anyone, even if you're not a fan of Alistair's per se, but you have to give him credit for his body of work, um, you know, who he's been and you know, he's won everything and yeah. been in i don't know how many fights i can't even count I think anymore 65 mma only that's no surely not yeah yeah 65 mma only only i'm pretty sure Dave, 65 Dave, can you close that door as please? well as and then Thanks. like i think like 15k1 or kickboxing i don't know i'm pretty sure those he's about 65 like mma fights only that one i'm pretty sure that's insane that's, well actually let's just ask him we can ask him <laughs> let's um let's bring him in Hello and welcome. Yeah. How are you, mate? You good? Yeah, yeah, good. Installed. <laughs> we were some gel in my hair, and I'm ready to go. Nice. <laughs> we were just talking about um, your your background. Like you've had how many MMA fights have you had, Alistair? Because I just want to give a, a, a like a kind of resume of to all your achievements. But we just got stuck on I how think, many fights you've had. I think. I think 65. I, I just right. yeah. saw on a thing the other day. But I have kickboxing fights as well. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I was just saying that to Fab. Like, I, I know because I, I looked it up. Like, you've had 65 just MMA. That is, that is a massive yeah, I think, number. I think, I think one more which has not been listed. And then I have, uh, I, you know, I just put them all together. I have 91 fights. Yeah. That's a lot of fights. <laughs> That's a lot of fights. And fight. the, the yeah. thing with you, like the fights that you've had, like you've had – ups and downs in your careers you've resurrected your career you've just and you've won just about everything that there is to win in in the in in fighting you won the k1 title as well um yeah only you see missing so we're still on a on a mission yeah but so. you're right up there in the mix <laughs> with the with the ufc as well and like you've been mixing it with them for the for years like de decades yeah 23 years it's been, or something it's, like been, that. Um, it's been it's been a long ride like um, my first fight was 97 and I was 17 years old. I was still very young. And I fought a guy who was 28. It was in my hometown. And then I was like the little brother. My, my brother Valentine fought before me. So he was kind of like a little bit infamous. And then everybody wanted to see the little brother. So it was a real fight. It was exciting. It was, you know, if you lose your first fight, you're, you're screwed, right? So a lot of tension there. Um, I think now you could have considered that an what do you call it, expedition fight or a amateur fight. Mm. But for me, I just put everything together. It was a real fight. No commissions. No, you know, if you lose, you lose. You win, you win. Um, yeah, it's, it's it's been a crazy ride. Twenty two yeah. years fighting, twenty six years training. Still enjoying it. Still liking it. Yeah. I, I do feel I'm getting a little bit older. <laughs> how, how does that transition occur? Like, how, what is it that you feel in your body or in your mind or? Like, what is it that you feel when you say you feel you're getting... So your recovery is going down. So usually, like, I remember back in the days, you can just go out, go out late. Next day, you just go to the gym, you train. And now, if I go out, I went I went out the other day, I went to Full Moon Party. Full Moon Party, by the way, is right over there in the other alley. <laughs> 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 oh, 
really, really, with the full moon party being that close, it's practically going home. Uh, it is. It is. It is. <laughs> no, no, but the the so and I didn't go home late. It was one a.m. that I was back in my hotel, right? And the full moon party goes till sunrise, till six a.m. or something. So that is the difference. You're you're just tired to go home. Here. Kids are here. They're waking up at seven in the, the next day, uh, and you're not training. You know, you're taking it easy. I'm training today though. So full moon was two days ago. So today, two days later, you're training. And usually, usually, you know, 20 years ago, I would go straight to the gym, just go straight to training. Yeah. So the recovery is down. Um, in return, you get more intelligence, mm. right? You 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 know what you want to train. You know what you don't want to train. You uh, know how to treat injuries. You know how to eat. You know how to how to treat your body. Yeah. And 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 not everybody's kind of doing that properly, but I don't know. I do. Because I, I, you know, off the back of that, I, I, I got a question that I've been dying to ask since since you know I got in touch with you, is that um, like for someone like as yourself who who has reached like the highs and won multiple titles in in multiple different federations and like how how do you keep that hunger? How do you keep that that drive to wanna to wanna not not just fight fight? You know, for a living, but but to to try and achieve the to be the best, to be the best, to 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 run for titles. How do you, how do you keep that that fire in you after you've already achieved it? Yeah, well, it's a couple of things. Uh, first of all, you must be able to you must be able to. So you have to take care of your body, right? So I've been doing that from day one. I don't know. I always went to the physical therapist. I always did my massages. I always did my stretching. I always did my food. And then, you know, your body is able to, even though because of age, I feel that it's going down a little bit. Um, I'm still able to keep up with the young guys. Mm. So, but taking care of yourself is number one. Uh, uh, number two, I would say always keep learning new things. You know, after a while, people figure you out. And uh, once you've been compromised, the next one you're fighting, he gains confidence. So you got to always create a new version of yourself, right? create new weapons. So this takes some time to study, takes time. you have to put time into it to actually create new styles, new weapons. I think if you look at my career throughout my career, you can see my style change. Mm. Um, after a loss, there's like a little bit more changing going on, right? Because when you lose, you're like, hey, right, we're going to step it back yeah, up. Mix it back up. When you, Yeah, when you win, you're like yeah, on the high, right? You're not really thinking about anything. But when you lose, it's like the wake-up call. Um, yeah, and, and, and for that, you might have to travel around a little bit, right? Because mm. if you stay in one spot, which is going a little bit against our nature because we want to kind of stay together, stay with the team, stay with the same sparring partners. Um, well, in, in my career, you know, everything has happened. Uh, coaches have been dicks. I've been dick. You know, everything happened. So you, you switch teams, and it, it didn't happen every week, every all the every time but it, you know a couple of years and then um you can kind of feel the chemistry is depleted or it's a little bit low and then you just need to you need to switch it up or you need to or you need to stop right one or the other but i i don't know i like um i like my lifestyle i like training i like competing um yeah so I, for me stopping was never an option i never even thought about stopping Right. Even on my lows, I've had some lows. You know, you had a couple losses and everything is uh, not good. 
but I never thought about, hey, let let I, you know. To be honest, I wouldn't even know what else to do. <laughs> yeah. I can't do anything else. <laughs> yeah, because I've noticed. I actually, you, I actually, no, go, please. yeah, I actually can do something else. I can teach. I, I just love to be on the mat, and I enjoy actually teaching other people. I can teach beginners. I can pe- teach kids. I can teach uh, privates. Teach seminars. I actually like to do that. So okay. that'll be my next thing. Okay, so that's what, what you envision yourself moving into after after fighting is is what coaching and that sort of avenue. Yeah, yeah. I'll I'll become a coach. Um, I don't have to coach. I got plenty of money, plenty of investments. Everything is under control and looking good. Mm. But I don't know. You got to do what you like, right? Yeah, hundred percent. All right. Otherwise, time goes slow. Alistair, at the start of your career, because you know now you just said you 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 know you said you can't do anything else. Actually, I can coach. But you you ran. Did you run run a magazine back back in the day? Was that you? Yeah. So so uh, I've done a couple of things. Right. That's so a one of the things thing, that I did was yeah. I so we actually founded a magazine, and it was in the Benelux. So that's Holland, Belgium, and uh, Luxembourg. We were. And um, yeah, I was more in the background. It was mine. I did run it. I did. I did. You know, I had a, a team that worked under me. And um, yeah, it's one of those things that you're still hungry to take over the world. And hey, let's do this. Let's do that. But quickly, you learn. Hey, wait a minute. This is actually a lot of work that goes into it, and a lot of responsibilities. And um, again, you know, when you're doing something that you like flows goes easy when you're doing something you don't like time goes slow and uh, i've had some shitty jobs when i was growing up 13 14 15 and that you know the magazine was really nice to own it to make decisions to create something but then um yeah, after a while it just really felt like a lot of obligations and uh, it felt like that the shitty jobs i had when i was growing up and <laughs> something that you know you gotta try stuff to know that you don't want to do it so that's that's how i see the magazine what are some of the shitty jobs you had you've had and no, and does that help you now to put in perspective you know when you when you're training you're doing something you love does it help you put in perspective when maybe you think back to some of the shitty jobs you've had absolutely well what, absolutely. what's some of the shit ones so i've kind of always worked when i was 13 years old i was walking papers that was kind of okay um then i had another job uh it was actually when i was 14 and uh, I moved from my dad. My dad lived in England. And then I moved back to my mother in Holland. My parents divorced when I was six. And then um, it was half the school year. And halfway the school year, the schools don't accept new students. You have to kind of wait till the till the big holidays, until the next season starts. How old were you? So my mother was like, I was like uh, almost 14, something around there. Right, right. So my mother was like, yeah, you're not going to sit home and do nothing. You're going to get a job. So um, that was actually also the time that I started to train, right around that period, training every day. So took my ID, went to the job center, and there was this uh, cute girl working there, of course, older than me because I was still young. So yeah, she's like, yeah, we got something perfect for you. So she's putting my data in the computer, (laughs) and um, yeah, the next morning I had to report somewhere at 7 a.m. Still very young, 14 years old, yeah. So our report was not far from my home, and um, it was a waiting room, a lot of people there. Everybody's kind of like nervous, real early. So after 15 minutes, this guy comes in, and 
Yeah. He's like, okay, everybody, he didn't even introduce himself. He's like, okay, everybody uh, follow me. So we're walking, we're walking in this factory and uh, yeah, you three help over there, you four help over there, you two help over there, the rest follow me. So I was kind of like just put somewhere on some station with some some other people. It was a conveyor belt job. Oh. So there's a conveyor belt, there's a box coming, you grab the box, you open up the box, you take 16 whatever's in there, 16 uh, <laughs> units, 16 deodorants, and you put them in a box of eight and you duct tape it back close. So that was my one of the jobs. How long did that last? <laughs> that lasts four days. <laughs> I just couldn't do it anymore. Four days. You're not allowed to sit also. You got to do it standing up because I kind of was doing it sitting. And, and then the guy, you know, he was walking around. He had these papers in his hand. It's like, hey, 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 stand up. Let's go. Let's stand. And it was just like terrible. Uh, terrible. It terrible. It made... Four thirty-five an hour. <laughs> Four dollars thirty-five. No, no, no. That's converted into dollars. Two dollars and ten cents an hour. Oh my god! Before taxes. <laughs> and of course, you know, there's inflation and this and that. So this is like this is a long time ago. This is like twenty-six years ago. But the feeling that 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 created that job i it just always kept with me always throughout my entire career i never forgot it because you you know come you come to the bigger question right like you like hey where does this motivation come from why do i like what i like <laughs> i know what i don't like that was that job you know no money long days not a good not a good outlook mm. <laughs> <laughs> so I always, I, you know, going into every fight, I always had that with me. That's a that's a that's a good well, way to, to to spin that. Is like, I know what I don't like. You know, I, I I really like that. You know, and then and then training is really fun, right? Training is fun. The fight is also fun, but it's also tension and excitement. But I do like I do like uh, fight day. I do enjoy it. But there's all also uh, you know the unknown factor in there. Um, I don't think fighting is healthy for you. <laughs> I don't think it's good for your heart. But still, you know, you win, it's like great, right? So that's like uh, whatever. But training is just really nice. You know, training, the lifestyle, it makes good money. Mm. So, uh, like, oh, yeah, I do I do really enjoy fighting. On the, on the back of that, you know, like what drives you and stuff, like have you, have you um, like do, do you pay uh, close attention or any attention at all to, to like mental health and and like just keeping yourself positive and, and like making sure you're like uh, everything's flowing really well upstairs and, and things like that. Flowing well upstairs, you mean here? Yeah, yeah, exactly that. <laughs> okay, so um, I'm very positive uh, from myself. I don't talk to a mental coach. I mean, I have positive friends. I've, I've created a positive environment, positive people around me. Um, but I, I, I never had a mental coach, no. Okay. No. Um, no, never had. I mean, and for everybody is different, right? Some people swear by it, but I, um, yeah, I've, I've been approached by some people. I've had a little talk with them um, here and there throughout the 26 years. Yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm a go 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 person by myself. I don't need somebody to um, to to kind of lie that out for me. But again, for everybody is different. For some people, it, it can work. But I, I, I never needed it previously. Yeah. Because like oh, no, oh, me, me, I don't, I don't have the, like a, a mental coach per, per se, but like I, I have 
taken like a bigger interest in the last few years of just like doing things that are good for my mind, if you would, you know, like making sure I'm in positive environments, making sure when I'm going home, yeah. I'm doing things that are good for my brain, like either slowing it down or, 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 or stimulating it in, a, in like a healthy way sort of things and just making sure that I, I guess upstairs balance, you know, that I'm, I'm overall, I guess, happy. Well, that's that's the Thailand thing, right? That's this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I know. I, I, so that's why we have that in there. Um, yeah, I've I've been coming to Thailand every year, four to six weeks a year. For the six, yeah, four to six weeks uh, a time per year. So I reset a little bit, enjoy. I'm always training, always staying fit, always staying healthy. But uh, just get your mind off things because I train in Denver, but Denver snowballed right now at the moment. Mm. And, um, yeah, I don't know. Snow doesn't make me happy. <laughs> Does not make me happy. <laughs> yeah. I've, I've noticed, though, with, with, your, with your training, so, like, you're kind of semi-nomadic-ish with your, with, your, with your training. Like, you'll, you'll, you'll travel a lot and you'll, you'll train in one place for a while and then you'll move to another place and you'll, you'll train for a while. Is, there a, is that kind of the – like, what, what exactly is the, the reasoning for that? Is that, like, just to keep things fresh and exciting or, or is it just to, like, escape Denver when it's snowing? <laughs> Well, <laughs> no. So uh, I, I always train, right? You always have to stay fit. So you always have your 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 strength foundation stuff happening, and I know I always have a list for myself uh, that I need to train. I need to improve. Um, so because you have your basis basic conditioning that you need to keep up. Um, you know when you're fighting main events all the time, five rounds. You got to do that, otherwise you're not gonna you're not gonna be good for five rounds. Uh, um, and yeah, Thailand, I don't know, you, you know, my career has been so long, so I have contacts all over the world. I can train all over the world. You have cool guys, good guys, and you just, you know, I've got some time, let's go over there, let's look them up. Also, uses combined with appearances. So I was in, um, I was in Australia as well, actually, twice I was there. And then I'm training, I'm staying fit, doing some appearances. Hmm. Uh, here in Thailand, it's not really appearances. In Bali, I did an appearance. So usually, I mix it with an appearance. You know, do some appearances. I'm actually going to do uh, South Korea in the summer, some appearances, and uh, train a little bit with the guys over there, Korean Zombie. Oh well. Wow. So, uh, yeah, yeah, just just you know, enjoy the ride. Yeah, hundred percent. If I if I would be in, in 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 one spot all the time, that would not work well my motivation. Mm. That would not work well for my. Mm. Yeah, I I couldn't even like like a regular life nine to five. I couldn't even have it. Yeah. Early on, I already knew that. When I did the city job, I already realized <laughs> that quick. I, I no, no, it's not for me. Uh, Alistair. So what is for me? I could, I I could become a soldier or something. That's something that also interests me. Uh, when I was younger, but I just happened to be a fighter. Mm. On that, so. Who were you, like, say, if we were at school with you, if we were in high school with you in year 11, 16, 17 years old, who, who were you at school? Um, okay, so when I, when I grew up, so 10, 11, 12, a lot of energy, just running around, wrestling, doing the WWE moves, you know, in the, in the, in the sand, just pissing around all the time. Um, reasonably clever, up-to-date, creative, like to draw. Uh, but just love to move, you know, a lot of energy. Then, um, 
after I was, I couldn't go to school that six months. It was like six months I couldn't go to wait. And then I started to train every day. Then my outlook on school changed. And then when I eventually did go to school, I was way more focused in school because I realized, hey, shit, otherwise, you know, yeah, you're, you're going to do it for a reason. So, so when I was 16, 17, way more focused. Mm. 18, I got my diploma. And um, at that moment, I chose to pursue sports. So I just trained. I, I always trained every day, but then I just turned it up a little notch. Quit school and just trained. <laughs> it sounds to me like you owe a lot of success to that conveyor belt job. <laughs> <laughs> no, it opened my eyes, right? Yeah. It opened, uh, you know, it's like, hey, you better do something or this will be waiting for you. And of course, you know, now there's like, the other thing I would attribute to my success is I, n I never forgot that conveyor belt, but also, you know, I've been making uh, good money since um, I was 21 years old. Actually, I kind of always made money, but 21, you, you, I started fighting in pride, and then it was really good money, and I never lived like I had good money. Mm. So I always kept it on the down low. I never really, you know, because when you're living like you have a lot of money, you're spending your money. And uh, yeah, then you're back to zero, right? <laughs> so I just always, yeah, always just chilled, trained, kept training, kept focusing, was not really occupied with spending my money. Uh, yeah, just be financial, financially clever. Um, you you got so you you were born in England, is that correct? Were you born Hounslow? Yeah, and then your when your your mum and dad split. Is your dad your dad's originally Jamaican? Yeah, dad is Jamaican and my mama, mother is Dutch. I read something. I don't know if this is true, but they're like your mum's from like a royal line or something. Is that true? Yeah. So, so okay. So, so the story goes royalty. as follows. Um, so yeah, wait a minute. You broke up. Now I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you the story. So the story is as follows. So there's King Willem the Third. This is like. Um, 100 years ago, something, 120 years ago. He um, was very wild, very wild. And he had a lot of kids out of his uh, yeah, marriage. And uh, my great-grandfather was one of those kids. He had, he had like 40 kids. So my great-grandfather doesn't have a title, so he's not recognized, but he did get compensation from the palace. And um, yeah, that's it. So there's some, there apparently is some blue blood. Well, that explains a lot. <laughs> that's what does it explain? What does it explain? <laughs> you have a certain air, Alistair. A certain air. You, yeah. That must I be. Do. It. Yeah. Yeah. That must be. Yeah. It. When you walk into a room, it just lights up. Now mm. we know. So yeah, it's, yeah, a, it's a, a royal blood. It's a royal blood. <laughs> It was funny because um, I, after I won the K1 title, I actually I got invited to the to the palace in Holland. <laughs> so we're having we're having lunch at the palace, and I actually brought it up because I, you know, yeah, I'm like, hey, here, so how? they were not amused. <laughs> I can tell you, they were not amused. They did not like they did not like to talk about it because of course it was a scandal, right? Because King William the Third. I said, oh, by the way, um, I think, I think <laughs> by we're the way, <laughs> now they, 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 they quickly changed the topic, changed it, changed the direction of the thing. And that to me was like, oh, okay. I didn't expect it. Cause I was kind of a little bit naive back then. Right. 
um, yeah, I was like, hey, cool. It's like a funny, let's see what's there. They didn't like it. And, of, you know, of course, now I get it. There was a scandal. King William III was, was not, hadn't, didn't have the best reputation. He was drinking a lot, partying a lot, like a little bit of crazy king. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so then you're, so you, you have an older brother. How much older is uh, Valentine than you? So Valentine is three years and three months older. And how much of so, an influence was he to you? So very big influence in the beginning, because in the beginning, when, <clears throat> when, um, yeah, when I had that little break from school, he was like, uh, "Yeah, you're coming training." So he just he actually forced me to come with him. I didn't really have a choice because in the beginning I didn't really like it. I was, yeah, I was like a skinny boy, kind of athletic, a lot of energy, but yeah. When you don't know how to fight and you're all of a sudden in a room of all these monsters, big guys, I didn't really like it. And um, But he kind of made me come and, yeah, then slowly I did like it, then I didn't like it. Sometimes you want to do other stuff, you want to play video games. For them, it was, it was not a choice. It was not an option. It's like, uh, yeah, you ready? Your bag ready? Uh, no? Well, get your bag then. So it kind of big influence there. Um Later, our, our uh, paths did separate because he was just doing his own thing. Um, he would also train at a different gym. In the beginning, we trained at the same gym. But later, he switched gyms and he trained at a different gym. So later, the influence uh, was not all too big. And um, training-wise, yeah, we, we, we would not train too much together as well. So the influence was, in the beginning, big, huge. Later on, not so huge. Okay. He, he yeah. fought in, in pride as well, eh? Back in the day, yeah, fallen pride. He was um, big in rings. Yeah, big in the um, international, the, in the European MMA uh, circuit. He also had a couple fights in the Strike Force. Oh, yeah. I, I saw footage. I think of you when you. I don't know if this was correct. The the time frame, but you must have been young, like seventeen or eighteen or something, training with uh, Torrance Bong. Would that be correct? Would, would. Um, Tyrone Spong, I think I was 24. Oh, you looked young, but anyway. We have, footage in my, yeah, we have footage in my documentary that I'm 24. I was fighting for the title then. That's actually when we started to do the documentary, and I was sparring with Tyrone. Yeah. Okay, and um, you've fought him since, eh? Yeah. Is that yeah, we, we used to train together seven years. Then we had a fight. So 2000, 2007, we trained together. Then we fought 2010. And then later, we trained again together at Black Zillings a year. Is, there, so. is, is that hard? Like, was there bad blood between you? Um, well, we never really vibed uh, right. He's very different than me. Uh, to be honest, uh, I, I don't like him. So yeah, I was very happy to fight him, very happy to beat him. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. When you don't like somebody, it's a little more sweet, right? <laughs> and no, no, it was actually very easy. So, but there's <clears> very, uh, you, you guys from in Holland, there, there are, it happens a lot where you do fight each other. Is that correct? Or guys that have trained together, they fight each other a lot in kickboxing? Um, no, not, not too. I mean, Holland is small, right? Right, right. So the gyms usually do not train together. Use his compartmentalizer, but it kind of sticks to their own thing. Mm. But um, yeah, it, I mean, it can happen, right? Like like uh, me and Spong or me and Saki. You and Saki fought each other, yeah. Yeah, we were actually more close. We were actually kind of okay together. Yeah, 
trying to get a couple of years and then we fought in the We were in Japan. Finals. We watched him. Remember when he fought in the UFC, you were sitting next yeah. to us. Yeah. We, yeah. We were in Japan. Yeah. Yeah, you were sitting yeah. yeah. So, you know when you fought Saki and he had a broken arm, did you know his arm was broken before the fight? No. So they didn't tell you to target that arm or anything? Did you figure that out throughout the fight? Uh, I didn't even know till after the fight. But, you know, he he wasn't throwing. It was his right hand, right? Yeah. yeah. He was throwing his yeah. left. So <clears throat> he was he was fighting different. But I didn't know he was broken. Didn't know it. Mm. But you picked up on it that he was fighting a little different in that? Or, or did you... Look, can you tell us about that fight more than anything? I'm no, just curious. No, I, I, I had my uh, plan already in uh, in advance because we sparred already several times, and I kind of knew how to handle him. Very dangerous striker, very good striker. Uh, you know, high high volume, strong, uh, a lot of dangerous kicks. But I kind of already knew how to fight him. Same as Spong, I, I trained with him for seven years, so I kind of already had an idea in my in my mind. Okay, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. I'm not going to do that. Same with Peter Arch. I fought him once before, so I kind of already knew, okay, this is what we're not going to do. That's what I'm going to do. So, you know, when you when you have that experience already, it's like a big difference, right? That can adjust or not. Uh, what was There's your no hard, surprises. What was your hardest fight in uh, K1? <clears throat> it had to be a battle, right? We're one-on-one. And um, a lot of um, attention worldwide. Yeah, yeah. And and he's a phenomenal striker too, man. But all those guys, Saki, uh, Peter Arts, all those guys have amazing resumes. Fighting for a long time, all of them. Uh, are you are you and Bad uh, we on good terms, bad terms? Was there bad blood going into that for in in real life? Like was there? Um. Yeah. A little bit. Then, by now we've trained together. We trained together f five years ago for a little bit. Uh, this mutual respect. I mean, we're not friends. We're not on the phone or anything. <laughs> we're not like this. We're not in this <laughs> setting. No, but uh, you know, there, there's a mutual mutual respect. He's doing his thing. Uh, I'm doing my thing. I'm back into MMA because K1 was a was a uh, adventure, right? What was it two years? Two years. I, I did it two and a half. <clears throat> and uh, now we're back into um, UFC, so we're not competitors anymore. We're not going to be fighting anymore. Okay. We had a little uh, thing on, and I mean the the world enjoyed it. It was a, it was a great time. I had a question for you because because you fought in uh, K1 and Pride, Strikeforce, and UFC. Which rule set did you most appeals to you? Like, because um, I've I've spoken to to, to to my coaches a lot and discussed on the podcast a bit, like. I kind of miss those those pride rules. I never fought in pride, um, but um, I like those rule sets. I kind of like really like. Well, well, what's your opinion on on that one? Like, which one would have to be your favorite? Uh, yeah, I, I like pride. I mean, it's a little bit more, um, you know, the the stomps and the kicks to the ground, the knees, mm. a little bit more brutal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think. Um, UFC is more civilized, better. Yeah. Right? For the mainstream, for the worldwide acceptance. I, I, I can never think or expect that, that foot storms would be, you know, because UFC is uh, even in Holland and it's in Australia, 
and then I believe that even Australia is also strict. Canada, these are strict countries. Government doesn't doesn't like the cage fighting thing. But hey, wait a minute, it's it's regulated. It's, it looks good. There's international rules. I think foot stomps will never be accepted. Do you remember the fight Vandele Silva versus Yuki Kondo? Have you seen that fight? And he got stuck in the corner of the. He got and Yuki Kondo is like I'm not disrespecting him, fucking big fan. But he got stuck like in that corner, yeah. and Vandele stomped the shit out of him. If you wanted to make yeah. that, wanted to make it legal in any country, and you showed that, it will never get regulated. You'd probably go to jail just for showing the video. <laughs> like, do you remember that fight, yeah. Alistair? Yeah, yeah, I do, I do, I do. And he was foot stomping everybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That so, was- <laughs> <laughs> except Mark Hunt, he didn't foot stomp Mark Hunt. I actually attended that because I, I visited many Pride events. And um, I didn't visit the Yuki Kondo one, but the Mark Hunt one I did. Mark Hunt was a late replacement. <laughs> that was an exciting fight too. What was because we we like oh, you were still probably in high school then, but um, I remember because I used to train at the same place with Mark. It was it was in a backyard, and I remember I saw him before he went and fought Vandalay and after he fought Vandalay, and he just came back like his knuckles were hurt. But what was that fight live watching Mark and Vandalay? It was uh, super cool because <clears throat> Mark Hunt was a K1 guy, no ground. So, uh, yeah. so, um, so it was a late, I think it was like a late replacement or something. And um, Mark Hunt was known, of course, as a dangerous striker, but no ground. So it was like a hit or miss. If it's going to be in the stand and in, in the striking, it's 50-50 because Van Dai is also a striker. But if it once it goes to the ground, then Van Dai has got it. So Van Dai was the, 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 the light heavyweight champ. And it was an event, light heavyweights versus heavyweights. So it was <laughs> only in Japan. <laughs> only in Japan huh? that, that stuff happened. You got light heavyweights versus heavyweights. versus each other. <laughs> Yeah, so um, yeah, it was it was uh, it was good, and it was actually good because. Oh wait, you guys are breaking up. Yep, uh, there we go. Wait, you guys are breaking up. You were you were back. No, it was uh, ex- exceptionally good because the fight dragged on, dragged on, and Mark Hunt was not easily beaten. He was not he. There was no not really a takedown, and it was only in the last round it was, and then the decision fell, and it went into Mark Hunt. Mark Hunt scored some knockdowns from over Vanderlei. So it was. It was overall a very exciting uh, fight, and you know the the Brazilians, the the shootbox guys were a little bit the bad guys, and then Mark Hunt was kind of considered as a good guy. That's a little bit how how Pride did it, right? <laughs> yeah, the good guys and the bad guys, <laughs> and it was fun. Also, you know, a good guy against a good guy was fun. A bad guy versus a bad guy was fun. I think I was one of the good guys. Mm. So uh, uh, yeah, yeah, it was it was it was a very fun, a fun event. What do you think? Pablo was pissed after. <laughs> the organizations. Uh, what was what was like fi- fighting for Pride like versus fighting for the UFC versus fighting for Dream or K One? Um, not necessarily which one was better, but like which what were the experiences like and which ones have a place in your heart uh, over others, so to speak. <clears throat> so Pride, of course, will always have a place in my heart. Amazing events. K1 will also always have a place in my heart. Um, still miss it to, to this day. 
uh, dream is actually the the pride team continuing but less budget and that has transformed now into rising because dream is no longer there um bellator is the previous uh, strike force team new team uh, even then the president right scott coker i didn't fight for bellator but you can just uh, you can just see it strike force i did fight Okay, if I compare it all to UFC, UFC is just way more massive uh, organization. Um, you know, you you see it on everything that they're doing. They're doing it grand. Their social media is on point. Their promotion uh, uh, is on point. So UFC is just a worldwide organization. Whereas Pride was only Japan, maybe Korea as well. K1 was kind of a world organization, but they missed the promotional tools that UFC has. Uh, I think that's also why K1 never broke fruit to the world. I mean, it's known all over the world. People miss it, but it never kind of capitalized on it. Never capitalized on new markets. Didn't have new fighters flung in. Mm, okay, which other promotion do we have? That's Strike, it, I guess, yeah. huh? Strike Force, that was the only one that, yeah. What was Strike Force like as well? Like, same same kind of deal? Like, it just. Yeah, Strike Force was good. I've had a couple fights there. 2006 was my first one. And um, I noticed by the time, you know, 2007, I won the belt. And then there was like a little gap because I didn't really have heavyweights. And I kind of went into K1. <clears throat> then when I fought um, at Strikeforce again, it was 2010. And I noticed a big difference, 2007 to 2010. Uh, Fader had signed Strikeforce, which really bolstered the heavyweight division. But they also signed uh, Verdum, Bigfoot Silva, uh, Andralowski. And there was Brett Rogers was uh, running in there. So they actually had a real strong heavyweight division. And K at that time, Cormier. Yeah, Cormier was also, he came a little bit later, actually. But uh, they had a stronger heavyweight division at UFC at the time. And that's also one of the reasons why UFC bought uh, Strikeforce in 2011. Did, did you train with uh, Sergei Karatonov ever? Yeah, a couple times. What's he like? Just curious, what's he Strong like? Strong big he, dude. Yeah, no, because I've always been a Strong fan. Big dude. Is it crazy? One hundred thirty-five like, uh, kilograms. How many? How so, so Sergey's. I don't mean Sergey's funny because Sergey, I, I fought him twice in Pride. Yeah, yeah. And uh, he was he was always a scary Russian. I I won't beat him the first time and the second time I lost him. He was just a very scary Russian and. Russians at that time were a little bit mysterious to me because they wouldn't really communicate a lot. There's a language barrier there too because their English is not great, but also uh, uh, oh, they're not showing emotions. Sorry, can so can, sorry we missed it. It was just part. after we missed it. Like oh, it didn't. Yeah, when they don't when they don't when they don't when Russians don't know you, yeah. they will not show the emotions. So. <clears throat> In the beginning, I just really thought of Caraton like a scary guy. But then later, uh, we actually trained together at Golden Glory. He actually went to the K1. And uh, super humble, friendly guy. Super friendly guy. Now, I still train with him, I would say, once a year when I go to Thailand. Usually he's here. And, uh, yeah, super friendly guy. Very, very... Um, yeah, soft when you train with him, right? Not not hard or not injured. I mean, we can spar, we can kick each other's ass, but usually he's very soft, very uh, gentle. 
See, Very nice guy. I, I love hearing that kind of stuff because like I only ever saw him as a fan, obviously. So I, he used to come out. He used to come out like he was like a ex or something, wasn't he? Like some sort of special yeah, like forces. a special forces guy. Yeah, he'd come out in his special forces gear, <laughs> and he was like hard as shit. Like he was just like a hard dude. And just watching as a fan, like you know, like I didn't yeah. know if he was like <laughs> like legit crazy. Yeah. Or, Is he like that or not? Yeah, but that's, I think I think. I think with him, he was like that because he was special forces. He was a tough. Uh, yeah. And I think throughout the years, I noticed that with me, you, you become a little bit more, um, a little bit more chill, right? The fire goes a little bit down, a, a, a little bit, a notch. <laughs> he was one of my favorites. I loved watching him. I loved watching him. He was so crazy. Yeah. <laughs> um, you, your, your dad is is so your dad's from Jamaica. Is it correct? Your is it your great grandfather founded a village in Jamaica? Yeah, so my great grandfather was um, was slave, and then he got freed, but he was a paid slave. So and then he, he purchased uh, some land, founded a village, and um, yeah, the village is still there, small village. So, I mean, when 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 in its peak, it uh, used to be a lot uh, a lot of people there. But I was just there a couple months ago, and it's like it's not. I think it's like maybe a couple hundred people living there. Back in the peak, it was a couple thousand. So, is your dad so, in England or Jamaica? So my dad is actually in Thailand right now. Oh, he's with you. Yeah. Uh, he's in a different city, but I'm going to see him in a week. We're doing the island, but we're going to go to uh, uh, Pattaya for another two and a half weeks, and he's there waiting for us. That's so cool, man. That's, I have a question for uh, to ask you, and uh, is it true that you and your brother had an altercation in a nightclub over <laughs> over um, the bathroom? Like you didn't have coins for the bathroom, and you didn't. This have is coins? so old, man. Oh, I'm just asking. It is true. Okay, yeah, but it's, but it's a cool story. Like if, you, but I don't know exactly the story. That's why I'm asking. So okay. These were in the wilder days when the fire was still bright, right? <laughs> Shining bright. Um, and again, I'm a fighter for a reason. Yeah, I would sometimes get into fights. This, however, was not my fault. Um, how did it go? I went to the bathroom and um, I didn't have my, what was it, 25 cents or 50 cents? 50 cents. Because you have to pay for the bathroom there. You gotta pay for the bathroom, but okay. I was already in the bathroom, already uh, doing it, performing it. <laughs> so the guy's like, "Hey, you need to pay," and I was like, "Yeah, hey, I'll pay in a little bit. I'll be right there." But I don't know what his problem was. So he got the bouncer immediately, <laughs> and the bouncer was a young guy, kind of tall, big, picking a fight. Because sometimes these guys, you know, I've been a bouncer. I've did it for a couple months. It's kind of okay. Didn't really like it too much, but it's all right. As a bouncer, you can you can um, behave in an escalating way or in a de-escalating way. So this guy, definitely in an escalating way. He just picked a fight with me, came in my face, and uh, just started uh, started a fight. <clears throat> so um, yeah, that escalated quick, and uh, he had some colleagues. I think like six colleagues and the manager. So there's like a group of eight against me and my brother and we had one more guy with us small guy he, he didn't he didn't fight <laughs> <Wrong guy. laughs> but, but he had a go <laughs> so it was me, 
Huh? He had a go. Did he? Yeah. yeah that, you know how those little guys are, right? They're, they're <laughs> screaming the hardest. But then when, when the shit hits the fan, he, well, where did he go? What happened? He was not even there. Yeah. So, um, yeah. yeah. So so it kind of uh, escalated and uh, became a brawl. And, yeah. Yeah. Do you the rest is history. You being who you are, or at least in your younger days, but you being who you are and whatnot, that you were a target for people that were trying to instigate fights? Not often. I think I have a look that people uh, kind of realize, let's not do that. Um, I have to also say, you know, I'm a fighter for a reason. I would instigate also, you know, when I was younger. I kind of learned my lesson to not do that anymore. I, yeah. You become older and you're just not in <clears throat> Yeah, usually, to be honest, I never have problems now. Never have, uh, you know, you, you grow over it, I think. You get over that, uh, the, the, the the fighting phase. And again, I'm fighting enough already in the gym. I'm fighting every day in the gym. Why would I fight some random guy, which I already know I'm going to beat him up. Yeah. But, but so people... Right, Robert? <laughs> yeah. No, I, I completely agree. It's well, What hit me was um when you said... Like, uh, you grow out of it. <laughs> like, it, it's so true. I, you grow out of, like, it, it seems like, why, why do I want to fight anybody if I'm not getting paid for it? Like, it's just not, it's just not worth it. Yeah, and, and then you're going to get in trouble too, right? That's a little bit the, 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 the big thing. You get it as, a, as an athlete, as a fighter, you get into big trouble if you do it. And, uh, yeah, that's not worth it. And then it's like, yeah, why, why even bother? You, you want to fight, you go to the gym. You can fight it. I fight it in the gym for free. hundred <laughs> percent. You go in any gym in the country, <laughs> you can punch on. Uh, no, but the altercation, yeah. I've, I've, I've had a couple altercations, but I have to say I'm, I'm very happy to report that for years and years now, I'm being a very good boy. <laughs> I, I definitely think that uh, now you said you, you have that look uh, where, where I know people think, nah, not a good idea. <laughs> You're definitely rocking that one. Um, did you? Yeah, I, I never. And I have to also say that I avoid uh, places where people are drunk and this and that. Right? If you're gonna be, if you're gonna be go clubbing every week, you're gonna obviously be in that situation a little bit more often. But I just, yeah. Did you want to ask him? No, please. Um, so, Alistair, you were raised in Holland by your by your mum. <clears throat> yes. And um, so, so your upbringing was with your with your mum. Was it with your grandma as, as well, or just your mum? Uh, mother and grandmother. Yeah. Did you, yeah. in in like so, so like all your influences from from everything that you did? What was your mum like with you guys fighting? Because I've seen interviews of your mum. Um, that, like, what was it like for 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 you as a fighter with your mum? The relationship, like, did your mum like you guys fighting or whatnot? Uh, okay, so my mother, <clears throat> my grandmother was raised very um, religiously, and that uh, was not great. So my mother kind of learned from that and was like, you know what, I'm going to do it differently. And she was like, all about freedom. You guys figure it out. So. We didn't have a lot of restrictions. And she obviously didn't like the fighting because she's our mother. And she doesn't want uh, our, our, you know, her, her sons, her babies to get hurt. That's a little bit the, 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 the mother thing. Can you do it, please? So, um, 
But other than that, yeah, it was more like uh, figure out, do what you want to do. Just, you know, be happy. My dad, on the other hand, taught me two different things that I always will remember. He told me, uh, whatever you do, you make sure you're the best. And he also taught me, uh, if somebody bothers you, you hit him so hard, he will not even think about bothering you again. <laughs> so those two things always stop by me. Um. <laughs> Which I think are, are also relevant into my uh, future career, right? Yeah. <laughs> you, you also, you, a lot of people don't know, but you as a grappler, you were European uh, ADCC qualifiers champion and you won every, every match by submission, am I correct? Did he hear Wait, you, you broke up. Can you repeat, please? Uh, I just said uh, a lot of people don't know. Like, I think one of the things about you is how well-rounded you are as a fighter. Um, you were the European ADCC qualifiers champion, and you won every match by submission. Is, is that correct? Was it every match by submission? Yes, guillotine chair. Yeah, guillotine chair. Uh, how extensive was your, was your grappling training, like, uh, overall? Uh, well, okay, so I was just training for MMA fights, and um, a request came in, hey, do you want to compete in the ADCC Europe uh, qualify, qualify, and um, I had nothing to do. My coach was like, hey, you want to do it? I'm like, oh, yeah, sure. So I just, uh, that's how that came about. I was not really training for it. I didn't do anything special for it. I just, you know, just very random. And then once there, I, I had like four matches or three or four matches, and I just submitted them, submitted everybody. But you didn't go on and compete at ADCC, eh? No, because I had a fight in Pride. Ah, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, and that of course, for me, was priority over ADCC. ADC was fun, was nice, but it was you know never, never, uh, never in my uh, yeah my goals. Um, at the at the at the moment, you're uh, are you doing a, a a YouTube series, at the like a like a TV series? <clears throat> yeah, so I have my own documentary. We started uh, shooting in 2004 and finished in 2006. That became a movie. We have not released that, but that's about the Pride 2005 uh, light heavyweight uh, Grand Prix. Um, after that, 2007, we start filming for a sequel, which we never made, but that became a uh, webisodes the ream it's like online documentary mm. you can go to alisoverham.com docu can uh, can 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 go in there it's a lot of episodes it's a lot of hours altogether um again i'm not a big fan of seeing myself uh, on screen but i have to say it's very well made very well done uh and it's going to take you to strike force it's going to take you to k1 to 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 everything to everywhere, yeah. Um, it's um, and it's it, it's done good. Yeah, it's, it's behind the scenes. Yeah, I've seen a little bit of the of a couple of the episodes, and uh, they they go like real behind the scenes. Like you you can't see, sort of see that anywhere else. Yeah, yeah, and um, now with UFC, uh, there's a, it's a little bit restricted, but um, yeah, and and the fr the frequency of the episodes went down. But still, I think if you look at the whole thing, it's uh, still a remarkable piece of work. 
Yeah, um, you've um, you've obviously dabbled in a lot of like the the documentary web series, web, web, like webisodes, um, and and putting together different sort of videos and stuff. Do you do you enjoy that sort of stuff? Because you've you've been doing it for a long time. Well, okay, so I just have myself be followed and then need to be creative. I'm not like a host or a presenter or like a commentator or something. I'm not good at that stuff. And again, we we uh, we want to avoid stuff we're not good at, right? We don't enjoy. <laughs> yeah, it. So I just I just have a team uh, follow me and do all the do all the work. Yeah. Right. We don't. We actually we didn't we didn't bring them to Thailand. But usually I would bring the team along on Thailand and they're kind of doing their thing, and uh, but now they're not here. It's probably the right way to do it to 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 have that natural organic vibe. Yeah. Well, and uh, the other thing is like. Because we've been doing it for so long, there really is a lot of different footage. And uh, I think I was kind of the first to do it, to put it online so everybody could just access it. So, um, yeah, I think I think it's one of, you know, of course, the titles give you world fame. But I think also the online documentaries uh, also did a great job in uh, for promotion. I am. Um, I one of the things that I, that I noticed with the Ream doc documentary series, because I, I actually love watching it I've, I've seen probably not the latest few but I've, I've watched all the ones before that and one of the things that I like the most is um, you see what it's like after losses because when you win it's you know fucking when you win it's good you know but when you lose I think letting people in into that vulnerability of you having lost and what it's like and um, I think that's pretty that, that, that's the thing that got me watching it you know what I mean um, and also, I think one of the things when I watch you fight, I want to see you fight. Not, of course, I'm going to say to you, I'd rather you win. But there's a human element to to it. I, I don't know if I'm making sense with what I'm saying. It allows a human. No, you make uh, total sense. And, and yeah, because so we got inspired by the Smashing Machine by Mark Kerr. So the Smashing Machine. Uh, I don't know if you guys saw it, but that had uh, yeah, Mark going to Pride, and it was kind of like huge and and but it also showed his substance abuse and um yeah we were like hey let's do this but then we're gonna do it better we're gonna do it like athletes uh but also the the the, the, the bad sides of the sport and that you're gonna get your head smashed <coughs> sometimes or in my in my uh, case a couple <laughs> frequently sometimes <laughs> So that needs to also be in there, right? You have your highs, your winning, and your lows. So that, that just both need to be in there, in my opinion. Yeah, I, I see. Otherwise, it becomes more like. Um, otherwise, it becomes more like a commercial, and um, yeah, then 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 people are not amused by that, right? I I would not like it if it would not if it would only be highs. Is yeah, no. But it definitely it shows like a a certain amount of vulnerability, a certain amount of just realness to the whole to the whole thing. Um, I think I watched one of your one of those the Ream episodes where one of your friends fought. I can't remember who it was, and he lost, and you but you were actually cornering him, and then you were speaking to him and you're saying to him, "What do you what do you think you're gonna just?" Uh, I'm not saying you didn't say it this like you said it with more compassion, but you basically said to him, "What do you think you're just gonna win every time you fight?" You know. And um, I think that that message is lost with a lot of young fighters, not just fighters, but a lot of people just going into business or going into doing anything. You're not just going to win every time. Sometimes you're going to invest money, you're going to lose it, or you're going to lose fights. And no, I just think that, that that was 
really, really cool. That's one of the things that really resonated with me, I think. So uh, if anyone w- wants yeah. to watch it, watch the ream. I think it's really good. Yeah, I, I think we did a good job. And uh, I gave the, because the, we've been working with the second team now, the first team. Basically, we both um, gave both of them uh, creative freedom. So they, they, you know, as long as it's, it's cool, it needs to be done in the right way. But um, again, to avoid it becoming a uh, just a commercial, a promotion of something which is like not really realistic and uh, would not be cool. No. So, so if you can- guys, I, I have to go to the bathroom. So give me one minute. Give me two minutes. No worries. Is that mate. okay? <laughs> no worries, mate. Okay. You're going to call back in two minutes? Yeah, yeah. yeah. We'll call you back. Call back. Okay, perfect. Call me back. Yo, ciao. Thoughts, Rob? Hey. So, thoughts on the interview so far? <laughs> I always get, um, I always get like uh, captivated during these interviews with, with other fighters because obviously living in Australia is one thing. Like we're so far removed from the scene and from other athletes. But also once we're in Australia, like we're, we're also separate from all the other Australian fighters. You know, so I don't get to, I don't get to talk to other fighters a lot. I don't talk to a lot of other fighters, and uh, to be able to speak to someone like, you know, out there, you know, I've, I've been a fan for a long time, and to see someone who's been fighting for like over twenty years, twenty three years in this sport is just out of this world, We're out of this world. So um, he's got so much knowledge and, and foresight that it that you can take a lot from just speaking to him, like the, and and it's not just like. Oh, I train in Thailand, and then people are going to be like, "Well, I'm not training in Thailand." No, it's the subtleties in between. It's about him changing things when he's starting not to to feel it. It's about him uh, taking his family with him. It's about him, like all the little subtleties, you know, uh, but between the destinations that are. But I tell you something: cool. it's not just you doing that, because you before you do that, you have to have the skill set to do that. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you're going to do that, and it's just going to fall to shit. <laughs> yeah do you know what i mean so that's what i find interesting because like the guy is almost what 40 now so it's having all it's like 39 years old but i think he'll, he'll be 40 very very soon mm. i think he's a couple of months older than me so like you just watch that and you think like the whole like the whole lifespan of, of what you've been doing and what he's been doing um interesting like really interesting um have you seen the ream dave no. you haven't seen it when you get a chance, watch it. It's I honestly think it's pretty cool. Like I, I used to watch it a lot before, you know, but I haven't seen the last few years. I haven't seen the episodes. Kind of not watched a lot of like MMA documentaries in probably the last four or five years. But um, yeah, really, really, really interesting. No, I, I I'm really enjoying this, uh, enjoying this conversation. It's like so. you're playing poker. Hey, it's like you're playing poker. What do you mean? Because you're going really. Enjoying this conversation? No, no. I, I um, I, I, I get when, when I start talking to like the the other athletes and, and things like that, I get so caught up in what they're saying, like it, uh, that I start going through thought processes in my head that uh, <laughs> that I start to have like a like a, I start to talk to myself in my head and I'm thinking about a thousand different things, trying to break down what it, what what they're saying and and why they're saying it and 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 and, and, and yeah, and just like. <laughs> it's 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 such a it's such a good conversation to to, to have. He's in a nice location though, eh? Yeah. What a <laughs> he knows that a holiday. Moon party is is he could see from his his veranda. 
I've never, I've never been to it. Never been to Thailand? I've been to Thailand. Never been to the moon party. Full or, moon party? Yeah. Apparently, yeah, I've never been to one either, but that's a big thing they have there. Like a big monthly festival. Have you been there, Dave? Thailand? You look like the guy, the kind of guy that could use a full moon party. Really? <laughs> I'll be asleep before 8 o'clock. You look a little bit like yeah. Uncle Festa. Uncle Festa used to, uh, what, you know, have the, the moon burns. Do you remember? Do you remember the... Oh, from... Adam's family. Adam's family, like the original, original ones, and he used to, he used to sit in the moonlight. Yeah, no, so I've, I've never, I've never done that. I've done that. As soon as he said like one, like he had early night, one a.m. I was like, that's too late for me. <laughs> I get tired by ten, eleven. It's hard. Uh, yeah. yeah, let's go. The person whom you're trying to reach is currently unavailable. No. Please leave a message after the beep. Yeah, he's going to smash your head in, David. <laughs> Just give the guy a break, mate. <laughs> also, um, when, he, when he brought up the one we were sitting ringside, I think I think I still owe him money. <laughs> well, he's not going to get it off you. <laughs> not me, buddy. <laughs> he's, he's not going to get money off, oh, no, because, off well, Rob. Well, weren't we making like, light bets on some of the fights? It was me and you versus him and his um the other guy. Yeah, yeah, he's a good guy that guy. Can't yeah. remember his name. And uh, I think we lost money. And then we we had to go bathroom. <laughs> we never <laughs> came back. <laughs> I don't think I bet. I don't gamble as a rule. So I think it was just you. Why would it why would you throw me under the bus like that? <laughs> it's not me, mate. I had nothing I'm to do sure with it. I'm sure it was both of us. <laughs> I, no, I wouldn't well, have bet. One in all in. I uh, wouldn't have bet, mate. I not, wouldn't have bet. Not here. No, <laughs> one in by yourself. No, I wouldn't have bet. <clears throat> um, but yeah, so some gym wars today. That's good. The, we're having a cold day today, like in, in Sydney. How, how are the fires at the moment? I don't know how the fires are, but the smoke's pretty bad. Yeah, it's still, it's still real heavy in there. Well, there's a bit of rain. Like, yeah, we've been getting a little bit of rain. Didn't they say we're, we're due for like some like heavy, heavy rainfall? I've heard like that. we're due for some. Like, there's going to be big flooding after this. I, I don't know if there's going to be flooding per se, but yeah, I, I don't know. Do you want to try it again, Dave? Yo. Hello. Can you get him up? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Two more, two more minutes. Yeah, no worries. <laughs> You're good, mate. What kind of animal are you, David? I'm glad this is live because he, he's telling me to be cool. I hope Dave's. I hope he smashes you. Yeah, he comes to Australia sometimes. He was here actually at the one of the gyms here in the Grange. I think he might have been a Reddy's gym. A lot of the times he comes over. So yeah. I think it was here, Triple X Fight Gym. So next time, mate, you just be I'm careful. I feel mad trying to call someone while he's trying to go to the bathroom. Or just grab strong. a drink of water or anything. You know what happened to the last people that bothered him while he was in the toilet? Yeah. Hospital, mate. Six yeah. bounces. They really have to pay 25 cents to go to the bathroom over there. Yeah, I know, I know like in France and that, like the public toilets, you, you pay... Sorry to bother you, mate. 
Yeah, yeah, no worries. It's just uh, finishing up. Yeah. We, we tried to tell David not to ring you, mate, while you're in the bathroom, but he just did it anyways. So, apologies, <laughs> no mate. Respect. No, no respect. respect. We no even respect. told him what happened to the last people that bothered you while you were in the toilet, you know, but he still didn't care. <laughs> Fearless, this day. <laughs> um, did you want to ask any? Uh, are you um are you currently lined up for a, for a fight at the moment, or are you just you just you still in like a, a training process? Because um, I saw in a, uh, in a post you said you cleared at the moment. Yeah, we are cleared. We're we're thinking about April. Uh, April. So that's uh, yeah, not not uh, too far away. Yeah, no, that's good. Looking at the early April. Yeah, let's get back in the mix. In, through your memory, which like hardest fight? When I say the hardest fight, what's like kind of like word association? What's a fight that comes up in in your head straight away? Hardest fight like across anything? Um, I I would say myself. You know, when when you have some external issues, I had to. Sorry, you're breaking up, Alistair. You're breaking up. Mother had cancer. Fuck. Dave. Hello? Sorry. What else? Uh, we, we can't off. hear anything you're saying, Alistair. Sorry. I don't know. Good sleep. You sorry. know, you get some injuries also because you're fatigued. Alistair, sorry. I would have to say also looking back in hindsight. Well done. We missed everything you said. Sorry. It oh. cut out. Sorry, man. Oh. Okay, let me let me restart. So I would have to say the the hardest opponent is I would say myself. Uh, in back in 2006, 2007, for example, I had a, a tough period. So my mother had cancer, and a very aggressive form, which uh, they kind of gave her a couple months. Uh, eventually, she she got the treatment, and she kind of is okay now. But uh, yeah, it was a big shock back then. So that was happening uh, in as well. My daughter was born, my oldest daughter, and she was a crybaby. So the first year, it's just terrible. You know, no sleep, and um, your your recovery goes down. You you get hurt, injured a little bit on training practice. Uh, so you're you're you know, I would say my hardest opponent is myself when everything is not organized well, when everything is not aligned properly. Because then, yeah, you know, yeah. You're, 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 you know, you have injuries, you have your, your, your health, your mother, uh, your own health, your home situation is not good because, of course, your relationship is also under tension when you have a crybaby. So there's just multiple things. Um, and I think, you know, you, you, you go through it, you fix it, which sometimes takes time. Some, some things are not fixed overnight. Some things take a year or six months. And that was just difficult. You know, you're, you're just fighting with yourself. How is your mom, Alistair? Yeah, she's good. She uh, got all the treatment. So they gave her not not much time. They gave her maybe six months. She had a very aggressive type. But um, she uh, got the treatment, got chemo, got radiated. They took out the tumor as well. So they, they, they gave her everything at once. And uh, she recovered. But then it did come back. It was in her breast. So then it did come back in her kidneys. And that was like a year later. She got all the treatment for that. And now she's kind of, yeah, she's fine. She's good. She's a strong lady. She's a strong woman. She's tough. And you're, you're very close with her, Alistair? Yeah, I would say uh, definitely more close to my mom than my father. Are you? But, uh, yeah, I mean, it has an impact, right? If you're, your mother, oh. yeah, your mother's going to die. She's not going to be there anymore in six months or less, maybe. How, how did you deal with that? 
Because I can't, like, I, I've been through a similar thing, so I know that, like, I was just curious how, what, what happened with you. Well, um, you go with your mother to the hospital, and uh, you, uh, you kind of make the best out of it. But, of course, it has an impact. It has an impact. Absolutely. Fuck you. Um, what about the best fights, the best fights that you've had? Like, whether you won or lost it, but which fight, when I say best fight, like word association, what comes into your head? Well, everything is flowing then, right? The training camp went well. You, you kind of already know it beforehand. You're going to smash the guy. You feel it, and uh, then you just execute, and it happens. Um, yeah. I mean, you, you want to know a specific fight? Yeah, maybe. Like uh, For example, the, the, the K1 finals that I won, I competed in two K1 finals, so 2009 and 2010. 2010, um, I won, and it just exactly executed as I envisioned it. I beat my three guys. Uh, but even in between the fights, how I would recover, how I would stretch, how I would warm up again. Uh, I was practicing it a lot. Uh, you know, it all starts with a fault, but then you, I don't know, that's a little bit the coaching me, I guess. I like to kind of write stuff uh, down, schedules, what I'm going to do. And then and then you're training it, you're actually executing it, what you planned. And um, yeah, it worked, worked really well. And but I already had a feeling I would have won that K1 before. And I already felt, felt great. Energy was good. The flow was there. Who would you say your biggest rivals are? Or, uh, in the K1? Uh, maybe in K1 or might be somebody, I don't know, sometimes there's a guy that you couldn't beat in under-18s, you know what I mean? Like as a kid or whatever. Mm. But who's the rivals that when it comes to your head, they go, that's the guy that you always had to push extra um, for? <clears throat> well, I never really had rivals. I would say Badahari was a rival in the K1. But uh, so I beat him, and that was actually my entry into the K1. Then he beat me back, which was very exciting because it was the rematch. We were in the finals. He finished his guy really quick. Then I still had to fight. He finished his opponent uh, in one minute. And then I still had to fight my first fight. But I already knew I'm going to fight a fresh brother in my second. So what happens? I beat my opponent, uh, Everton Texera in under a minute. So I beat him quicker than Butter uh, beat his guy. So it was a real build-up towards that moment. And then I lost to Butter in, uh, I don't know, it was the first round or something. Um, so that was, a, that was a big rivalry. I mean, I remember that it was very lively, very alive all over the world. Um, you know, a lot of fans back and forth. I would say, who else? Uh, Verduma had a rivalry. Which was interesting. Three fights over a lot, over many years. 2006 was the first time. 2011, the second, and 2017, the third fight. So uh, he's also a fighter who has grown tremendously throughout his career. I remember in the beginning it was just a grappler, a BJJ guy. But then later in the second fight, all of a sudden he had, you know, striking as well. Uh, I outgrappled him, but he outstruck me, which was also interesting. Uh, and then in the third fight, um, yeah, it was kind of like, whatever. It's like he, he grew a lot as a fighter, but I kind of knew how to handle him. I kind of know how to, uh, you know, yeah, if, if you'd be f watching somebody for, what is it, 11 years, 12 years, you kind of know uh, what to expect. Okay, who else did I have a rivalry with? Um, Vito Belford, I fought twice, but I beat him twice. I wouldn't really call that a rivalry. 
interesting note there is I was a big fan of his his work up okay. until I fought him the first time. Because when I remember when I was 17, I had seen him fight in the UFC for the first time. And instantly I was a fan. I was like, oh, well, who's this guy? Um, great fights, right? Uh, Vito versus Tank Abbott, uh, Vanderlei Silva. Crazy fights, yeah. Uh, Correra. So um, also Igor Fofchanchen. Uh, didn't have a rivalry with him, but really looked up to him. I would say, okay, who else? No, not, not, not many rivalries, actually. Well, that's a lot, actually. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's quite a lot, man. It's, it's just interesting when you're talking like that, like the time span, because your career has gone like, there's people that have had their whole career with, within yours. And you, you've done like two careers of theirs. You know, so you've seen yeah, it's it's it's, it's been uh, two careers, yeah. Because usually career is ten years, yeah. And then, uh, um, yeah, <laughs> I've seen people have their debut fight and their final fight, and that's been a full, uh, you know, like for example, um, like Rashad Evans. I think his first fight was two thousand six, two thousand seven, and then he retired like a year ago. So he started and he finished. So it's like, yeah, it's been it's been a crazy long time. How how do you find crazy long? How do you find the, the – oh, I want to ask you something, Alistair. You know, in all your business dealings and that, you know, all the stuff that you've done with the UFC negotiating, in Japan negotiating stuff and that, has people – have there – like there's been people left owing you money or anything like that over the course of, of your fights, of your fight career? Uh, K1 uh, didn't pay. They didn't pay you? They did not pay me. So I was walking around with that big fat check. And I didn't get it. The 400K check. It was actually a little bit more. It was more than that. Because it was, um, what was it again? The final 16, the, the, the finals, and then also the, 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 what was it? The dream title fight after that, three weeks after. So it was, um, yeah, it was a lot of money. They, uh, they never paid me. So what happens when a company like that just says, no, we're not paying half a million dollars, thereabouts? Like, Nothing happens. You can't, you can't through legal channels or whatever. Well, okay, so, so oh, just for, for was, normal uh, people, just to hear. Yeah, normal people. So you have a management, and they're supposed to, um, yeah, take legal steps. But it's difficult in Japan. You have the language barrier. It's just a different culture. It's just a different way that that uh, things happen over there. Uh, even though it's a very organized country and and it's a very good country, but it's just. For us, it was very unknown, and um, yeah, to my knowledge, uh, we we did not uh, get the money. Did that mess you like up psychologically, like to not get that money? Well, I kind of knew before I uh, fought beforehand that the company had some financial difficulties. I already picked up on it, and um, to me, I fought for the belts. To me, it was like I, you know. I'm just going to get those belts and the rest doesn't matter. And uh, if you have that mindset already beforehand, of course it sucks and blah, 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 blah. But uh, it sucks big time. I mean, it's a lot of money, right? Fucking oath. Like 800, 800K and change. <laughs> yeah. But uh, um, yeah. You know, Alistair, Rob owes you money. We, we were... <laughs> We were, we're not, I know. He, yeah, I know. You, you know, you remember I know. He's, he, he, he's still bummed about it. And he, and I have the feeling he's been avoiding me too. Yeah, he no. does. <laughs> he doesn't say anything. That's a whole. Hey, it, it's, he's, it's, he's pointing the finger, 
But remember, it was me and him <laughs> no, betting, no, 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 no. betting you and your friend at, at the fight. It was no. me and him. It was teams. No. It, was, it was me and him yeah. versus you two. No. Yeah, this was, guy throw me under the bus. I, I didn't bet any money. I didn't bet. <laughs> I, I genuinely... How is your friend? Your, your, what's his name? The big guy. Is, he's the, uh, what's his name? I can't remember your, your, your mate's name. The yeah, guy. who did I... Who did I have? Who did I have with me? Was that because um, where was it? It was Australia, right? Japan, no, Japan, Japan, Japan. When where when was it? Frank me it for Japan. Mark. Okay, Hunt. so that was oh, that was Benji. Yeah, yes, that was Benji, Benji. That's right. Benji, he's a good yes, guy. He's so he's um he's a coach now in Zimmerman. So oh, he was okay. also my coach, coach friend, sparring partner. Actually, sparring partner from back in the days that turned into coach, coach, and now he's uh, coaching in uh, Dubai. Nice. Oh, okay, because he he said to me back then that he was going over to Dubai and doing some stuff. And oh, you guys so, broke up. Hello. Yeah. Hello. Can you hear us? How does Hey. Hello. Yeah. Yeah. Hello. Now, because I remember you said that he was doing some stuff in. Um, yeah. He said he was doing some stuff in Dubai. So he's coaching there now. Our connection is still, still bad. Can you hear us, Alistair? You got me? Yeah, we yeah, got you I now. We're here. We're good. It's good now. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, so so he's uh, he's coaching in Dubai. He's just doing his own thing. Still a friend. A friend. We're still WhatsApp. Always good vibes. But yeah, uh, yeah he's uh, he's over there now. What What's it like balancing? Because you, correct me if I'm wrong, have you got three daughters? Three daughters, yeah. Yeah. What's it like balancing the family with the travel and the fighting and all of that? Well, I have a wonderful partner, Danielle, and she just supports that. And she just, they're just coming with me as much as they can. Uh, it will be a little bit different, di different uh, this year because uh, the middle one is going to go have to go to school. So uh, it'll be a little bit less, but I mean, here and there, they can still come. We just have to make a good start with the school, which is going to start in a couple of weeks. But then, uh, yeah, then, then as much as possible. As a fighter, what's it like having daughters? I actually, my daughter was just born eight weeks ago, but I ask you as a fighter, um, do you, is there, would you like your Congrats. daughters to fight? Oh, thank you. Would you like your, your daughters to fight? Do you have a special, is a, is a, what's the relationship like? So, um, my oldest daughter's 13. She's going to school. She kind of looks like me somewhat, but her character, not at all. She's not at all going to be a fighter, I already know. <laughs> She's just a very sweet, very soft character. Uh, the middle one, I also don't really see as a fighter. She's, uh, and the youngest, I don't know yet. The youngest is... Um, Two and a half. The middle one is four. But um, if they would like to pursue fighting, I would support it. Right? I would probably say the same as my dad. Make sure if whatever you do, make sure you're best. And if somebody hits you, you hit, hit them back as hard that they never forget. So I would probably, but um, yeah, whatever they want to do, right? I mean, you cannot make somebody uh, go into a certain direction and certainly not fighting. If, if, if it's not in them, then it's, it's not going to happen. So, yeah, we'll see, we'll see what happens. Do they play sports at, at all at the moment? Yeah, the, um, the middle and the youngest do gym, gymnastic. Oh, that's great.
It's great. This and dad's you. saying, they said just staying busy. They're actually going to uh, go on uh, BJJ first. BJJ and probably karate or something. Yeah, nice. Right, so that's what I'm getting my kids yeah. into soon, uh, the gymnastics. For fun. Yeah. How many kids you got, Rob? Three. I got three of my own as well. But they're, they're just... Girls? Boys? No, I got two boys and a girl. And they're just, All right. they're just crazy. Crazy kids. <laughs> yeah, but it's 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 fun, right? It's uh it's good energy. Yeah, definitely, definitely. What uh if you could look back on your career, Alistair, what what things would you have done different? Um that's a good question. I try, I try my best, mate. <laughs> Now, of course, there's always going to be, uh, I would do this different, I would do that different, I would make this better, I would make that better. But you're always operating under the, the what you know at the time. Oh, right? no, no, I try of course, to of course, make, yeah. Yeah, I try to make the, 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 the best and most calculated decisions at all times. Um, yeah. But with the benefit of hindsight, because, like, I understand exactly what you mean, because people, like, you know, they say, what would you do different? I think, fuck, I would have bought shares in google in 2000 if i if i knew you know what i mean but you don't know yeah but, but now going no. like with the benefit of hindsight and obviously with the mindset that you are going to coach what things would you would you have done different um well i would uh, probably made uh, i don't know i don't know maybe i would not change anything Maybe well, you've had, anything. you've won every every major title that that you could have. So yeah, fair enough. Yeah, well, yeah. except steeper, right? And not uh, not the UFC one, yeah. Yeah. So um, no, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I think you know you always try to make the best decisions. I've always done that, and then and then it is what it is. I mean, uh, yeah, if you if you can go back and you can make you can turn every event into. A, something favorable that means you don't have lows from my lows i try to always learn as well from my shitty periods mm. uh, so yeah i don't know i don't know I, difficult difficult one for me i don't have one particular thing oh, i should have done that okay maybe in my last fight i should have just taken the guy down finished him there because uh, i couldn't have done that easy and now it was like a little bit a question mark what happened and then hey you get rocked the judge jumped in perfect storm i should have just taken him down and just beat him up mm. the hindsight's great like that now look i am more meant around your career not so much around the fights because yeah. the fight's a fucking fight what do you do mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah now my career, uh, yeah, my career has been good. Has been. I'm very happy about my career. The longevity, the the you know, yeah. Some losses are crap, but I've had a lot of victories too. Mm. So it's it's. It, I'm 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 happy with my career. How much? Because if you change something, you don't you don't know if it's going to be changed for the better, right? Right, hundred percent. Be a totally different outcome. Um, what's next for you? Like, how long do you see yourself fighting for? Probably another two years, two and a half, mm -hmm. and then it's uh, it's over, it's done. Okay. Do you think it'll be hard for you to walk away? 
Um, well, it's a good question. I don't know. You know, I think definitely I'll have, um, I'll, I'll, I'll be missing something, right? Because I now my life is so used to always training for the next fight. So there'll be a huge shift for me, myself. Uh, but I think, you know, meanwhile, throughout the years, I've, I've built up enough of other things, all the activities, uh, you know, my kids, I have three girls, uh, this year we want to go for number four, a boy. Oh, nice. These days you can, yeah, these days you can pick your gender. <laughs> so, uh, time for a boy. So I think, um, I've, uh, I've, I've built enough other things that will kind of, uh, keep me occupied and, um, uh, and, uh, you know, inspire me on a daily basis. Yeah. I think, 100%. I think I hope <laughs> because you know, we're fighters for a reason, right? We, 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 we like the adventure. We like the adrenaline. Um, we can just hit somebody. We can get hit, stand back up, you know? So that, that is a certain attitude. Uh, but I, I just see it. I just see it as we have a lot of energy. I had it as, as a boy. We just have a lot of energy and we need to use that energy. We need to do stuff. So that's also why I will never stop training. That's why I will become a coach after this. I will always keep going to the mat. It makes me happy. And I will just keep training, traveling, um, do all the stuff that I want to do for me to, uh, and then I know it'll be fine. Right? If I if I would be in one spot, boring, slow, then I would be unhappy. But uh, no, I'm just going to keep myself happy. When you say all the stuff you want to do, what's that? Well, I would like to have two uh, sons. Hmm. So that's something that uh, needs some work the next couple of years. And um, then I'll be teaching. So that's something I have to put a lot of energy in. You know, I'll if all goes well, I'll be having five kids. So that also needs a lot of work, a lot of attention. Massive. That's enough. Yeah. <laughs> That's enough. Yeah, you, you know how that goes, Rob. You have three, right? You still yeah. said? Yeah. Yeah. So I have I have three, but two of them are kind of with me and the other the oldest one is with my uh with my ex with uh, her mom living. So two of them and I notice it's you know the house is it's, there's activity all day, every day. Yeah. It's fun, but it's a lot of work. It is. It is. Do you envision yourself when because you've traveled a lot, you've traveled all over the world. Um where where do you envision yourself settling down? Back in Holland? Um, so Holland will always have uh, be a base. I uh, still have my house there, but also Thailand. I just really like it here. So there'll be Thailand, 40, Holland, Thailand, and the last 20, I would say 10 USA, and then another 10, whatever, the rest of the world. Where are some of the most memorable places you've been? Like kind of off the beaten track, like, like, that, that uh, people... well, of course, Thailand. You Sorry? know, Thailand is awesome. But also, I also like Bali. I was in Bali. I also like Croatia. A lot of fan, fight fans there. Uh, Italy is beautiful. Jamaica was also special, but I would not want to live there. It's just a little bit too far away from everything. Uh, America was great. Uh, is great. Uh, but I would not want to grow old there. Uh, Australia, I liked actually a lot. Very friendly people, good food, just a little bit far away, right? It's in that corner. Fuck, it's far. It's mate. to Thailand and then another flight. Yeah. <laughs> maybe, uh, maybe in uh, in ten years they're gonna get a, create some new technology that it goes quicker. But actually, uh, Australia, I enjoyed a lot. Actually, I, I could actually live in Australia. Australia's Melbourne awesome. Or something was actually, yeah. Australia's awesome yeah. if you can 
if you could bring us like a little bit closer to the rest of the world, <laughs> yeah. you know, a little bit. Just a where little are bit. you guys, by the way? Are you guys Melbourne or Sydney? Sydney. Okay, Sydney. So, what do you guys like more, Melbourne or Sydney? Definitely Sydney. Sydney, Sydney. Sydney's got beaches. You've, you've, you know, where you you've come out, but this was years ago. I think you did a seminar around the corner from our gym. Mm -hmm. So, like Sydney's got the better beaches and the iconic harbour and whatnot. But Melbourne as a city itself, it's it's kind of different. It's more vibrant, more alive, I think, than Sydney. But Sydney's got the nicer beaches, the nicer harbour, the nicer. Yeah, yeah. It's more iconic. What about you? What which yeah, one did, did you like more? Well, I didn't. I didn't. I did, I did a little bit more Melbourne. I did. I, I didn't really do too much in Sydney, but um, I remember just remember good food, super friendly people, um, strict at customs. Yeah, big time. <laughs> at, at, at customs, they took me aside and they're like, uh, "Yeah, so are you bringing steroids?" I'm like, "Huh." <laughs> but that's a very straightforward question. <laughs> so that's uh, is that how you welcome your you know your business? <laughs> So, um, yeah, what else? I was in, in the, the city on the other side. What, what's it called again? Perth. Um, Perth? Perth, yeah. Perth, yeah. was also beautiful. A little bit far away from the other two, right? From, <laughs> Actually, uh, Perth is the most isolated city on earth. Literally, <laughs> literally is. I nothing. noticed when I was flying, there's nothing going on uh, over there, right? <laughs> Towards there, so. Nothing, man, nothing. Yeah. So, yeah, but again, friendly people, good food, a big city, real city. So it was, yeah, it was kind of, it was a nice trip, nice, nice tour over Australia. Yeah, I, I, I love Australia. It's just so far away, man. That's it. That's the one bad thing about it, I think. So Thailand, you envision yourself being able to spend a lot of time there? Yeah. Yeah, I'm just gonna sit down and uh, eat a little bit because I ordered some food. It's getting cold. Ah. So don't mind me. Uh, Please do. Yeah. Yeah. No. Um, no. I guess that well, it doesn't matter. Anyways, I think we're we're going to wrap it up. Anyways, Alistair. But um, thank you yeah, so perfect. much. Thank you so much for your time, man. I really appreciate it. Um, yeah. Thank you, and good luck in your next yeah. fight and with your family and everything that you do. Yeah, we'll be watching, mate. Thanks again. Yeah. Like um, everything. Yeah. Thanks again. And uh, Rob, let's train together sometime, huh? Yeah, please. I'll, I'll keep in touch now. And um, yeah, like hit me up. Actually, where are you? you're always Australia, or you're always Australia, or you travel around. I, I don't generally travel, but you know, like if you, if, you, if you hit me up, whereabouts are you? You said you're at Koh Samui in um, in Thailand. Yeah, Koh Samui. So, um, but otherwise, I'll let you. Otherwise, I, yeah, this is my little girl. <laughs> Beautiful. Six, Hello. Wait, this is Danny. Holland is best. <laughs> <laughs> and this is Danny. Hi. Hello. <laughs> yeah, so um, I'll just uh, hit you up next time I go. I'll probably go in like uh, six to eight months again. Yeah, cool. And well, then I'll let you know beforehand and uh, we'll organize something nice. Whereabouts in Holland right. are you based? Because you do, do, you, do you train out of there? Yeah, so uh, summer's usually I'm in Holland and um, Holland is very small. It's like one hour, you're everywhere. There's 17 million people living there. I live in the exact center. If I drive to Germany, one hour, I'm in Germany. If I drive to Belgium, it's the south. One hour, I'm in Belgium. Uh, yeah. So it's just one hour around, one hour to 90 minutes around, and there's 17 million people. And everything is there. Amsterdam is 30 minutes. The second city, Rotterdam, is an hour. So, yeah. yeah. 
Oh, yo, hit me up next time you're like somewhere, yeah, <laughs> some, somewhere around this. Somewhere near. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll let you know. And uh, we'll probably also be doing another um, Australia tour probably next year or something or, or um, end of the year because then it's your, your summer. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, let's figure it out. Cool. I understand. Thanks again. Thank you very much, Alistair. Thank you. Sound good. Okay, Thanks guys. So Thanks mate. a lot. See you Bye-bye. later, guys. Very hard. Peace. Kill it. Ciao. We're still on air, Dave? <laughs> still was, on air. Yeah. Guys, thank you very much for watching. Uh, tune in. I think we have Rory McDonald on Tuesday. Yes. And I will. we will catch you then. That'll thank you very much. Podcast. Can't wait. See thank you, later, guys. guys. Bye-bye. Peace.